two, one. Hello, Hello and welcome to Hunch Pig, your friendly neighborhood podcast. That's all. That's the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> that's what you've got. Good. Um, I like it. Okay. Ship it. I shipped it. Yep. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. Good morning. This is a little earlier than uh, we usually do. Yeah. Jeez. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. We both have things happening this afternoon that both might get canceled. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. There's my... uh, some, some illness happening. Yeah. My daughter has, I don't know, we've, self- we've diagnosed this ourselves. So mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Let me preface this. Um, we think she has rotavirus or stomach flu, mm. which is apparently just something that children get from other children because they're, I don't know, filthy creatures. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, and yeah, it just means that she's been like vomiting constantly for a while. This bagel's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Am I helping? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I was surprised how much my daughter had in her. <laughs> in terms of volume. It's like a clown car. Like, right. where is this all coming? Like, yeah. there's just more of it. Um, but thankfully, she's not doing that anymore. Hmm. So, that seems like a good thing. Um, but it was terrifying because I wasn't in the room when it first happened. Mm. So I was in the kitchen cooking because apparently I'm a um, house husband. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just heard her cough. Yep. I thought, oh, I'll take her some water. And I walked in and there was just like the whole living room covered (laughs) everywhere. Like, God, how did this even happen? (laughs) Crime scene. Yeah. And my daughter was just sitting there like looking stunned. Like, she had the exact same reaction I had. Like, I have no fucking idea what just happened. Oh, no. Like... She's probably really scared. Yeah. Like, vomiting isn't... <laughs> I mean, if you have no idea what... It's still weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what is my body doing? At 29, I'm like, oh, this is... I don't know about this. <laughs> I guess I just did that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. Well. Yeah. That was sad. Well, hopefully she's on the upswing. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, good. But she's just like resting a lot and Mm -hmm. we're feeding her very little. Or sort of, I guess we're feeding her all the time, but small amounts. Right. Hmm. Triscuits. Triscuits? Triscuits. (laughs) Are they, do they have wheat in it? No one has ever thrown up a Triscuit. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like I read something that said we should avoid wheat. Hmm. Okay. The other oh. thing... Oh, maybe because it's, like, rough on the on your throat or something? No, I think it's just to do with the amount of fiber in it. Triscuits mm. is all fiber, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. There's no nutritional value. Whoa, there's some salt on them. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. It also says avoid salty foods. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, oh, that's weird. It's basically bananas, applesauce, white bread, and white rice. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like saltines are the traditional choice in, in America. Is that right? For for sick people. I mean, I'm in America. I am. <laughs> but you're not traditional. Right. I guess. I don't know. Because you read the internet and it tells you <laughs> bananas and white rice. <laughs> yeah, saltines. Is that, a, is that a thing in Britain? Saltine. I guess it's a I brand. G- I guess, but not really. Mm-hmm. 
I know what they are, but I never remember eating Wait, them. Wait, is it a brand and a type? Like, is it like Kleenex? Or Hoover? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it is. I think saltine, a saltine cracker is just has cracker. become a generic thing. Maybe it started out as a brand so we have, only. We have Jacob's Crackers in England uh-huh. that are much bigger. Much bigger? Uh, like, oh. much more popular. <laughs> I don't know. They're like... <laughs> Larger than... A, I was like, oh, how big are they? They're like a square about the size <clears throat> of... Um, a bagel. Yep. No, slightly smaller than that. Okay. They're pretty big. Yeah. Hmm. Good cracker talk. <laughs> uh-huh. um, also, yeah. um, yesterday. Ooh, big news. Yesterday. Big news. Everyone needs to guess what yesterday was. Yesterday Pig was... news. <laughs> Thanks for that. Some big news. Yesterday was my first brew day. Yay! Thanks. Whistles. <laughs> I can't really whistle. So you just say the word. Whistles. <laughs> whistles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say it That's was great. adorable, but it's not. Mm. Oh, well. Yeah. So Matt, for his birthday, got a homebrew kit. Mm. And uh, it was vetted by yours truly. Yep. Slightly. Um seems like a really good kit. Yeah, no, it seemed... I mean, it was pretty straightforward. Um, like, I didn't... <clears throat> there were a lot of things I didn't realize and I want to talk about because I'll take them for granted. Right. In the future. Uh, so first of all... Right. You did a kind of a, I would say, medium difficulty. Oh, is route. that right? Uh, okay, low to medium, we'll say. Right. Not, not the easiest. Okay. So easiest brew is pure extract brewing. Okay. When you just start with malt syrup or powder and basically just start mixing that in water and boiling. Okay. Um, and then adding the hops and all that stuff. What you did was a... And then on the opposite extreme is a full grain mash. Okay. Where you only start with grains, no malt extract. Oh. And you extract all the sugars... Um, from the grains. All the sugars from yeah. the grains. Okay. What you did was in between called a partial mash where you start with um, a small amount of grains. Yep. Um, steep those in water at a certain temperature. Yep. And so you're extracting a little bit of sugar from those grains, but it's a lot more about color and kind of flavor than sugar for the right. partial mash. And you get most of your sugar from extract still. Right. With the partial mash. Yeah. So it's kind of a nice, but it's a nice combo because it's like, oh, I didn't just stir syrup into water. Into water yeah. It feels more like, oh, I'm doing something interesting. Here. Right. Yeah. It was pretty nice because you got like this, um, like just vacuum sealed pack of um, already uh, mashed grain. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently it was a blend of three different types, but I didn't look much into it. Wait, already mashed. Okay. So they're already like crushed, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, and then you get some, uh, cheesecloth, uh, in the shape of a sock. And so you fill that up with these grains, tie up the sock and throw it into the water, um, at a particular temperature. Mm -hmm. Um, and you sort of let it heat up to, um, 170 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is the first thing that I realized, which is water, like, um, three gallons, three gallons of water takes a long time. (laughs) Yeah. To heat up. 
Mm-hmm. Like it took forever. Do you have a specific burner on your stove that is like super burner or like fast boil or? Yeah, there's a slightly bigger one and that's what I was using. Mm-hmm. I still, I was surprised at how long things took. We have a pretty intense <clears throat> uh, burner on our stove, a big one that like mm. is, yeah, I don't think the flames are pretty intense that come off that, which helps a lot right. for the, for the stove boil. I mean, for cooking, I never have to, <laughs> right. you know, have these things at full yeah, yeah. whack, but mm-hmm. for this, yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of, a lot of BTUs to yep. get that, a lot, that a amount lot of water energy. going. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, so once you've, uh, British thermal units. So once you've like um, steeped this, like it, it's like an enormous tea bag, mm-hmm. um, in the water for twenty minutes or so, you get like this, you know, foul-looking <laughs> brown liquid. Yep. That smells very grainy. <clears throat> yeah, it smells like like a cereal factory. Yeah. In your house, like yeah. a yeah. Um, and so you take that out, and then you throw in. Uh, you get the water boiling, which Again, takes fucking forever. Uh, and then you pour in, um, it was like six pounds of malt. So did you, did your kit come with the liquid malt yep. or the powder? Liquid malt. Liquid. Okay. Cool. Okay, uh, that's yep. a little easier to... Mix in. To mix in. Because um, it's, yeah, on its way to being liquid. Right. But it's really sticky. Yes. <laughs> and like insanely sticky, like glue yeah. pretty much. And... Super um, thick, very viscous. Right, it's a little tricky to get like the last bit of it out of the of the container. Like, yeah, ah, get out of there. Um, but the <clears throat> so the dry malt powder is nice if you want something with a longer shelf life. Okay. Um, which isn't usually a big deal. Right. But also, a lot of people keep it around to make yeast starters, which I haven't even done yet. That's a so this is like making your own yeast. Uh, kind of. Um, so a yeast, a yeast starter isn't really, as far as I know, isn't like cultivating your own yeast. It's just kind of getting a kickstart to your batch. Okay. So it's where you might be jumping ahead a little bit, but it's where you, um, ahead of your brew day, maybe the day before, um, you mix together your yeast that you're going to use. Right. Get that at kind of a in kind of like a slurry of a i don't know 90 degree maybe like 80 degree water okay to get it kind of ready to go yeah then you add some malt extract powder to that okay and that gets and it, it starts yeah it gets yeah. it to start growing and bubbling and and then you throw it into your uh, right wort. <clears throat> yep and that for the yeast starter you don't really care like what that's going to taste like or anything it's not going to affect right right it's it's such a small amount of malt and whatever it's not going to affect the flavor yep it's just going to sorry about that i mean you will be (laughs) um is your phone going off too no i just silenced. okay i was like whoa (laughs) um yeah so then the yeast is like ready to ready to get going basically it's like so ready so you just pour that in to your your wort and it immediately goes to town and put the airlock on. It's bubbling like right away. Yeah. So it, it's that's called lag time. So the time from which you finish your brew um, to, to, to when the when the yeast is like really going, that's yeah. called lag time. You want to like shorten that down as much as you can. Okay. Um, 
because you might get some off flavors or like other things. It's also a very, it's like the most um, vulnerable time for your beer to like get infected or right whatever, because the yeast hasn't taken over as like the host. The, yeah. The yeah. main like micro culture in there. So, right. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, once you've boiled it and added the malts, you then throw in the hops. Um, you get like hop pellets. Mm-hmm. These look like little green, I don't know, like fish food. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you throw that in and then... You... And they smell... Yeah. So good. Yeah, they are pretty strong. If you like hops. Um, I do not like hops. <laughs> right. So you're like, oh. <laughs> um, so you throw those in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's an hour boil time <clears throat> after that. So this is... Um, the next thing that I've learned about brewing is there's a lot of wait time. Mm-hmm. Where you're not doing anything. Yep. And so you kind of get the wort to a rolling boil Mm -hmm. and you just let it go for an hour. Yep. Um, So for your brew specifically, um, you did an amber ale, is that right? Yes, right. right. Okay. So an amber ale is a, you know, very low um, in hop flavor and also pretty low in bitterness too. Yeah. Um, So for those types of beers where uh, the hops are not a big part of the flavor right you add add all of the hops first right at the beginning of the boil right right so they, they boil for 60 minutes so there's a something that happens across the boil um to the hops where the longer the hops are in there the more they're just going to be bittering okay so they're not going to get it's going to basically kill the hop flavor after right. a certain amount of boil time yeah so that's why um, for an IPA or some beer where you're really trying to accentuate accentuate the hop flavor and aroma, um, you want to do multiple additions. Interesting. So you start out, you do the bittering hops first. Maybe yeah. the hops that like don't actually taste great or like have a great aroma, but they have a really good bittering quality. You put those in first. There's right. like different strains. So you put those in first and then, um, you know, halfway through or maybe like with 15, 20 minutes left. You put in like the hop flavor hops, right. okay, because um, that's you want some time for them to be soaking in there so they can like, you know, give impart their hoppiness to it, right? Um, but, but not, not amount, not, not a lot of hour. yeah, not a lot of bitterness, yeah. Um, and then in the last five minutes ish, that's when you want to add your aroma hops, um, which give you that you open the bottle and just like oh that is yeah. you know fragrant and floral and all those kind of aroma things interesting um anyway yours yours was very you know yours was the simplest um but also i've yeah i've read a lot of beers that are just that way too like a stout yeah um a stout is not like hoppy or really yeah i think that's what i'd like to make next yep is a stout um cool once once i've made this one uh but once the boil's finished you then have to uh cool it down to 100 degrees Mm -hmm. um oh 100 fahrenheit Oh, okay, because you did a partial boil. Right, so there's okay. three gallons of like hot water that mm-hmm. I'm going to add to two gallons of cold water. So, yeah, so the, the batch size is five gallons. Yes. We should say that, right? Yeah. So the boil, you did a partial boil, meaning you only boiled three gallons, yep. and then added two two gallons of cold water, just tap water, yep. right? So the temperatures kind of get down even to out. that um, <clears throat> sort of 60, 70 range i think it was uh 70 when i Perfect. added everything yeah that's that's perfect um 
So yeah, but then, you know, just like it takes a fucking long time to boil water, it takes a fucking long time to cool the water as well. <laughs> yeah. So I had the, you know, my kitchen sink full of uh, water and ice. Mm-hmm. And I just dumped this um, kettle in. Mm-hmm. And it took forever. It melted all the ice really quickly. Oh, yeah. I should have probably given you a little more <laughs> heads up about that part. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should have told you to make more ice. Like then, yeah, but ahead of time, just you know, I would, I would. Well, when I, I was did, doing. I did baths, like a full big bag. Oh, you okay? So you did buy ice from yeah. the store. Okay, you didn't just use like no freezer ice. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. It is that, amazing how yeah. much it takes, and that went pretty quickly. Yeah, interesting. Um, I couldn't. <clears> I, I'd say it take. It took. Um, it wasn't that long, like ten or fifteen minutes. Oh, to okay. cool everything down. Yeah, that's good. But, it, you know, it says in the instructions, you want to cool this as quickly as possible. Right. And so... Yeah, this is another one of those times where you're trying to... Right, like in that time where you're decreasing the, te- the temperature, it's getting more and more vulnerable to stuff. Right. right. Like at when it's boiling, if a bug no, falls in there, it's yeah. going to die. Like literally a bug or yeah. any sort of anything. <laughs> It's not a problem, but like as you get closer and closer to room temperature. room temperature, it's like you have to worry more about stuff getting in there. And right. So you want to cool it as quickly as you can, so that you can pitch the yeast as quickly as you can, so that yeah. the yeast can take over. So while um, while this is happening, um, you're supposed to sanitize everything that the brew is going to go into. Mm-hmm. So it's the it, the kit came with an oxygen wash. Mm-hmm. So sanitizing the um, main fermenter bucket, yep. I guess. Um, and the lid and the airlock and um, a pair of scissors and the yeast packet. The yeast packet, right. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a, that was kind of an interesting moment. I remember like reading that for the first time, like, oh, I have to sanitize the scissors that are going to cut open the yeast packet? Yeah. Uh, it's like, okay, wow, this is... Pretty surgical. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, the adage that you'll hear like on forums or like if you talk to homebrew people, they're like, they, they tell you that homebrewing is like 60% cleaning. Right. <laughs> and just like, you yeah. know, being very paranoid about the sanitation and stuff. Um, but so I think I did pretty well with that. Cool. Um, I hope that nothing got in. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's a similar idea there too, uh, in that you don't have to use, so there's cleaning and there's sanitation, right? Which are two different things. Yes. Cleaning is like getting the actual dirt and grime off of something. Right. So that it's, you know. Not going to add It any. looks clean, yeah. basically. Right. To the eye, you're like, okay, that is a clean surface. And then sanitation goes the next step where is you can, you can only sanitize a clean surface, first of all. Right. Is what, you know, which makes sense. Like you can't, yeah. <laughs> if you try to sanitize something that has like literally a layer of grime on it, you're not. There's stuff under the there's grime. There's stuff there. Yeah. yeah. Um. So before, so the stuff that you boil in, like the, um, the vessel that you boil in, yeah. you don't have to sanitize that before because you just have to clean it. Yeah. Because, because that's gonna you're going to boil stuff in there. Yeah. Right. But then, yeah, but you have to change this mindset. Like, uh, as the brew day goes, you know, forward, you have to be like, okay, at this point, everything has to be sanitary because the beer is not going to be boiled again. It's yeah at room temperature now. So it, yeah, yeah, you have to be mindful of, of that stuff. Um, yeah, that was interesting. Also, the nice thing about the oxygen wash was it's, um, presumably it's something that activates when it's, um, mm. in air. 
Okay. Um, because you don't have to rinse it off or anything. Oh, right. I don't know. I don't yeah. actually know why. So no rinse sanitizer. Yeah. So, um, so that was pretty it's, easy. It's food safe. I think it's what that okay. means really is that, right. um, you don't have to worry about that. Poisoning everything. Yeah. Poisoning your, your beer and talk, you know, being yeah. toxic. Um, so, so that was pretty straightforward. Then, uh, the warts was cooled, uh, pour that into the main fermenter. I have to admit, like doing all of this, I already felt like the beer was fairly aerated. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still like put the lid on and shook it around a bit. Mm. Did um, the, did the recipe say to do that to yeah. shake it up? Yep. Um, oh, one of the things the recipe said is it's like, if there's, uh, like, um, stuff at the bottom of the kettle. Yep. Like a thick sludge. Mm-hmm. Just leave it there. Yeah. And there wasn't. Oh, interesting. Um, I think maybe I'd, cause I'd stirred it to help cool it down mm-hmm. faster because the bottom uh, of the kettle was a lot colder than the yep. top. There was like degrees difference when I'd yeah, yeah, move yeah. the probe. So you think that maybe you resuspended yeah. the trub into the beer? Which I'm kind of worried about. Yeah, that's not a huge deal. Um, so... <clears throat> So what you're gonna, going to do is a primary fermentation yeah. only. Yep. You can do primary and secondary. Yep. Um, in this case, it might help a little bit to do a secondary fermentation, but it, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't try it at this point. But, okay. Um, but a secondary fermentation would be where you rack off the beer from the first bucket into another bucket, right? Leaving, because there's always going to be some layer of something. Yeah. Especially after it settles for a week or yeah. whatever. Um, well, this has to leave it for two weeks. Right. Um, But yeah, so there's a point. It's tricky. I think it goes either way. Like if you remove the beer from the sediment too early, Mm. you can get off flavors from that. (laughs) If you leave it on the sediment for too too long, long, you can can also get off flavors from that. Okay. But I don't, I don't think it's worth worrying about at this point. Honestly, Especially Um, for the first brew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I did I'm notice... I'm just going to be happy if it's drinkable. Yeah. <laughs> you can get it down. <laughs> no, I think it'll be good. Yeah. It sounded like you, you, did, you did a good job. Oh, yeah. So once you get to that point, you pour the... So I had powdered yeast, I guess. Yep. Um, and so I just poured that on the top. But by this point, there's like a fairly substantial layer of foam, mm-hmm. I guess. Like and, today you checked? Yeah, rating. No, I didn't. Or, I haven't oh, looked okay. at it since I see, I, I see what you're saying. Like after I shook up the bucket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so I kind of just poured it on and it sat on the top. Of the foam and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. It'll, it'll sink bubbles in. bubbles will fall down. Yeah, yeah. it'll be fine. Um, yeah, so and then I sealed it... sealed it off and I put it in a corner. Okay. And it hasn't started bubbling yet. Okay. So this is my first question. Like, yep. how long does it take for active fermentation? Okay. Um, good question. I would say don't get worried unless it's like a day, like a full 20, like 24, 36 hours. Okay. If you see nothing after that point, you might want to start looking into it. But okay. before then, it's not worth worrying about. Right. Um, so there are stages. When I was talking about the yeast starter earlier, Yep. that's kind of the most extreme way to like get your beer going really quickly. Yeah. Fermenting really quickly. Um, what I do, what I've done, uh, in the past five or six brews, maybe more is, um, rehydrate the yeast. Right. Okay. So, so turn it into like a paste. Yep. So instead of just 
pouring the dry packet right on top of like right into the bucket. Yep. Um, ahead of time, I will boil like two cups of water and let it cool down to like a hundred degrees, maybe 95, something like that. Yep. And then, um, pour the yeast into that and it just kind of starts rehydrating. Like it, it right. starts its process a little bit. Yep. Even though there's no sugar in there. Yeah. It, starts to kind of come back to life yep um and then it's like re- pretty pretty much ready to go right then you just pour that slurry into the bucket instead yep. of the yeah um instead of the packet okay and that helps like the last beer i did we did um it was bubbling straight away pretty much a matter of hours yeah like yeah. four hours or something wow I was like, oh man, it's already like really going. I'm like, okay, that, yeah. feels, that feels good. Um, yeah, so that might be for the next brew, something to try. Yep. And it's it's a pretty, it's not, doesn't require any more equipment. It doesn't, you know, take much time or effort or right. really much forethought. You don't have to do it the day before or anything like that, like a yeast starter. Yep. Um, so that might be worth trying next time. Yeah. The kit was good. It came with <clears throat> everything except uh, bottles. It has bottle caps. Um, and I borrowed a thermometer off you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but like it had, it was really straightforward. Pretty well thought like out. Any, like if anyone is even vaguely interested in home brewing, it's mm-hmm. so far been a breeze. That's awesome. And it's, the kit is what, $100 or less? Or? Uh, no, no. Um, Not even. It's less than 100 it's, That's, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Like, And yeah. it comes with the kettle too? Yeah. It was like that 90 is, bucks or something. That's really good. Yeah. Um, how big is the kettle? Do you know? Um, I mean, I, I, it was about half full when I had the three gallons in. Okay. So yep. Six gallons is probably too much. It's probably a five gallon kettle. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, it looked big in the picture you sent me. I was like, oh wow, that's yeah, that's a nice. It did. Yeah, it does seem like a nice kettle. Yeah. So it comes with a kettle, two buckets. One of the buckets has a um, hole in for the spout. So it comes with the spout. Nice um, for the bottling. Bucket. Yep. Yep. Uh, bottle caps, the so, bottle capping So it must device. come with a siphon too? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to use the siphon to siphon out the beer out of the fermenter bucket into the bottling bucket. I guess. Yeah. On bottling day. Um, so that is something that, um, I have decided to stop doing. Ah. <laughs> it's siphoning just cause it's annoying. Okay. Um, and you just pour it. So it's a convenience. No, I, all the buckets I have have the spouts. <laughs> So, um, in the, but so I think the buckets I have are like, you know, 15 bucks Yep. with the spout and everything. Um, gotten a couple of them. It's just a pay. I just don't like dealing with the siphon Yeah. to get it started. And it's not that hard. Yeah. Really. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's like, I could just turn this thing and it just goes. It's like a cheap enough upgrade. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, the other thing I might suggest next time is. Like you said, with the you're worried about the um, kind of all the trub mixing in with all the beer, right? Uh, the wort at that point. Um, I have a big strainer, okay, it's like a double strainer that I put over the fermenter bucket when I'm dumping, <sighs> okay, the wort in. Yeah, that seems like a good. And that'll that'll get like a nice like half inch layer of stuff. Yeah, like um, also I think part of part of why you didn't see any trub this time. Um, like you would definitely see a lot more if you did a really hoppy beer, if you had multiple okay. multiple ounces of hops. This is probably what one ounce of hops. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah one time, 
yeah, I've, I've done beers that are, you know, four or five ounces of hops and, uh, that gets like a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, that's a lot more important to like, you know, not, not let that hang out too long. So, uh, strainer might be worth it and you can borrow mine next time or whatever. That would be good. Cool. Um, that's fun, isn't it? I don't know. Isn't it kind of a fun feeling? Like it was, it was <clears throat> a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And um, the other thing is that you're not really doing much. Like, shh. <laughs> oh man, it's like um, people are going to think it's, it's as special as they think it is now right. if we tell them. Well, I made this beer for you. I mean, that's the thing is like it's <laughs> um, there is there is a certain amount of effort. Yeah, but like oh, you haven't bottled yet either, <laughs> right? Yeah, as well, that's true. Um, but this first thing was like three or four hours mm-hmm. total time. Yeah, but the time I was actually doing things was like an hour tops. Right. Like a lot of it is just waiting for mm-hmm. things to, happen. which is why I think it's a good um, social event too. <laughs> like, yeah, it reminds me. I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of people who are like, "Hey, let's hang out and you know brew some beer." Yeah. Like, um, outside too in the summer is really nice to do that. And it reminds me kind of like fishing, <laughs> right? It's yeah. like, oh yeah, let's have an excuse to drink beer while we make beer and, right. and you know, just talk and yeah. hang out. It was funny. My, um, my parents bought this, uh, beer <clears throat> kit for me, um, for my mm. birthday, nice. which was super nice of them. Yeah. Um, and I'm very grateful. Uh, but my dad called to say happy birthday and everything. And he told me, uh, that he once tried brewing beer oh, nice. when he was like 12 or 13 oh. <laughs> in South Africa. And um, oh. he tried to make beer from pineapples. Oh, <laughs> cool. And it did not go well, apparently. <laughs> he basically created something that was like oh. crazy alcoholic, you completely know undrinkable. All right, you need to call him back. Yeah. Because, um, so last year, last summer... Um, you know, there's been a huge IPA craze, which I'm sure yep. you're annoyed by. I am. In the past. Because I don't think people actually enjoy it. Oh, I love it. No, you don't. I really <laughs> I do. I think you've been tricked. I don't We've think all you... been... I don't know. I'm drinking coffee. Like, <laughs> this was gross to me at one point. Um, yeah. So last summer, the big, like, IPA of the summer yep. was um, Sculpin and also the Grapefruit Sculpin. Yep. Um which has grapefruit juice added to it. And the grapefruit is interesting because it like, it's actually such a close kind of sour tartness to hop flavor. Right. That it kind of blends into this interesting thing. You really can't really like tell the grapefruit between the hops. Now, when do they add that? Did they add that? Like when they're bottling, do they add it before the brew I actually think, happens? I think that's, I think it's a late addition. I think yeah. it's with the bottling or, or a secondary fermentation, maybe uh, a okay. step where they add it. I'm not sure. Um, anyway, but the same company, Ballast Point, this year um, just released a pineapple sculpin. Oh, interesting! Yeah. So you can tell him. I'll let him know that he was onto his yeah his yeah, idea. If he kept that up. Has been stolen. He could be yeah. Although it's a really subtle pineapple flavor. It's not. Like, <laughs> it's not actually. <laughs> it's not. It, all he like mashed pineapples. <laughs> oh, that's great! In a bucket and left. But it. I mean, he had the right idea. He's, I mean, right? You make sugar water. Right? Yeah, somehow. I and mean, that's what he did. He just put it all in a bucket, left it under the stairs <laughs> for, for like a couple of weeks. Okay, so, all right. So he didn't have any yeast. He just let it to the, oh, no, no. To he, the wild. I think he... Oh, he did. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
That's funny. I like he did have some idea of what was going on, and he was like, "Oh, I need something sugary." Yep. You know, didn't have access to. I uh, in college at some, at one point I had a <laughs> I had a probably a half gallon of cider or something. Okay. I was like, "Oh, I wonder how you make hard cider." <laughs> I heard that it involves yeast. Like that's all I knew. So I yeah. went to like Walmart. Next, <laughs> next time we were at Walmart, I was like, "Oh, yeast! Like I, that's yeast. I could get some yeast." Yeah. And it was just like fleshman's bread yeast or whatever and um i dumped that in to the container but i didn't you know didn't really read up on anything yeah about for example co2 <laughs> coming out yeah from the yeast so the yeast did their thing in my fridge like that's that's true yeah it was just in a, like a mini fridge and i was like did it explode uh so almost almost <laughs> very close to like it was bulging out <laughs> like i i forgot about it. i don't know I was just like yeah. oh it's not doing anything and then i think it was like in the back and then i looked at it one day i was like oh <laughs> no i forgot about something here and uh i don't think it was drinkable no. anyway but um we had a i had sorry. a friend at um university who just bought uh vodka and a bunch of scotch bonnets scotch what the they're like a really hot chili Oh, pep. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Scotch bonnets. Yeah. That's a, um, that's a cute name. And he just like opened the vodka, stuffed the scotch bonnets in, Ooh. closed the vodka and left it for like, a couple of weeks. Oh, that's going to ruin and then, you. Yeah. We drank it and it was like, holy shit. <laughs> this is, wow. This is fucking hot. So Ballast Point also has a habanero sculpin. Okay. Which yeah. is to me completely undrinkable. <laughs> like it is like, I don't do hot very well. Yeah. Anyway. So I'm a bad judge of that, but um, even some of my friends who are like into hot food more, yeah, are like, yeah, this is a bit much. Like, you can maybe get one down, but it's not something that's like. <laughs> it's just funny too, because like IPAs are supposed to be kind of like a refreshing, you know, thing. Yeah, and it's like this is not refreshing at all. <laughs> I'm sweating. I love hot food. I've been like, just adding more and more to it. Hmm. Oh, you know what you would you might like then. I had a um, a spicy beer that I actually did enjoy was mm-hmm. in uh, South Carolina. We toured this brewery and had a tasting, and um, it was Coast Brewing Company. Okay, and they had a brown ale, which is up your alley, right? <laughs> That's your thing. Yeah, uh, a brown ale with jalapenos, but in a very like subtle way Mm. so it would you taste it and you would just get like a sweetness like you would just get like a brown ale kind of maltiness yeah for a while and then you're like oh what do you mean jalapeno and then you swallow and you just feel like a little bit of heat right like in your throat you're like oh that's it there's like a little yeah little bite there um might be interesting to play with that at some point maybe not for your second brew but you know yeah we had a do some um, basics first we had a good friend in arizona um guy called rodrigo who um originally was from mexico mm. and uh he gave us this tip for cooking uh jalapenos mm-hmm. um so because we would make uh the jalapeno poppers yep where you'd like uh fill it with cream cheese and Ooh, yeah. bread it and then fry it mm-hmm. uh and he said um like just before you're doing everything just like rub them together a little bit okay so like between your hands just roll them apply a little bit of pressure 
And what that does is it gets all, all the seeds to release sort of the spicy flavor. Mm. And holy shit. It like... Yeah. Is that a thing? Double or tripled Whoa. how spicy these things were. Interesting. Yeah. It was crazy. Huh. Um, like I, my, I wonder if that is accidentally happens sometimes. Because I feel like when you... I mean, this is just a thing anyway, but like sometimes a jalapeno blow your head yeah blows your head off crazy hot yeah like more than a habanero or whatever but so i wonder and other times just like is this is this even a hot pepper right like so maybe there's yeah maybe there's yeah. just that, that accidental kind of like thing yeah yeah weird hm. uh so that timer that went off a while ago yeah was from a beer that i put in the freezer <laughs> <laughs> excellent the stout so maybe we should uh get that take a break yeah break time beer break oh i turned the light on this time the light was off before you think that's going to affect the audio quality yeah (laughs) maybe radiation it's a thing oh you know what we haven't done in a while uh radiation well what we haven't done since in this episode that hmm. we've pretty much done on every other episode uh no is what? we haven't given an update on the room <laughs> <laughs> so okay. last yeah. week there was a bucket on oh, the table yeah this week there are bottles yeah that's fucking magic you see the you turned the yeah green bottle caps green i, bottle I see caps. that yeah it's yeah we bottled the um celtic uh red ale yeah so that is getting ready for saint patty's that's exciting yeah there are still no decorations nope in the room um nope there's just more mess really <laughs> there's three bottle openers in here <laughs> there are three bottle oh, and there i are, brought another one in i, I look down and there is, there's a bottle cap so <laughs> we're just that's probably from you yeah okay Oh, oh, I'm going to open it. Oh, I've never opened one of these bottles. Okay. I like how I just announced that. Oh, <laughs> I didn't give you a chance. I remember this thing that I yeah came up with. I oh, oh. Okay. You ready? Yeah. This is the beer that we've been drinking. Yep. Mm. That might be the best yet. It might be. <laughs> There's no way to know. Hard pour. Give it the hard pour. I poured... Okay, I'll pour yours even harder. <laughs> harder. <Yep. laughs> Alright. This is weird. Yep. Um, There's nothing. No, you gotta wait for it. See? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mine's... It's a delayed uh, frothiness. Delayed head. Yep. Pretty good. Yeah. Nice and cold. It is. You had it in the freezer. (laughs) Really? You're opening another beer? Well, we have to compare. (laughs) Do we? So this is a coffee something. Coffee porter local brew. Mm. Night shift brewing in Everett, Massachusetts. I've never been there. I should Um, go. Yeah. uh, It's a good place. It's called Awake. And is a porter aged with counterculture coffee. Excellent. Oh. 
So we're going to see which one's better. No, we're not. No. We're not going to play that game. <laughs> <sighs> okay, that's... so that's what a stout, sport, a stout pour is supposed to look like. Yeah, there is a lot more foam. Uh, yeah. Darn. Head. Mm-hmm. Froth. Uh... Cool. Let's have some listener feedback. We should. We should. Uh, there was a Katie from Massachusetts who gave oh. me some listener feedback. Okay. I forget what it was. You mentioned it before oh. we came in to record. Did I? Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Well, while you're trying to remember that, I yeah. will talk about some listener feedback that we had from a John in Massachusetts who would like to uh, tell me something about my enunciation. Okay. Because I spoke a lot about... Butter. Butter. Yeah. Butter. And Butter. pointed out yep. that I do not enunciate my R's. Ooh. So I yeah. had this long rant about enunciating T's, <laughs> but I had in fact forgotten yeah. that there is an R at the we end all, of butter. We all have our something. Yep. Our flaws. So I am going to try and improve on that. Mm-hmm. On that, <laughs> and start. It's <laughs> so weird when you when you pick a word yeah. that has that has been said yeah. perfectly, and you say it the same way, and then you say it wrong. Butter yeah. that that. <laughs> um, yeah, butter. Uh, 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 that sounds weird. Okay, we do have a a listener correction from mm. Katie in Massachusetts. Correction. Um, Yes. Uh, so I mentioned when we went to Nashville, I was describing the statue of uh, Athena. Yes. And I said that she had a baby coming out of her bosom. Yeah, like an alien chest. Sort of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Exploding out of her chest. Right. And um, apparently that was actually um, Medusa. Ah. So <laughs> you didn't notice like the snakes? You, you, know, for you, know, you know, I did. <laughs> you didn't think that was weird? Didn't. didn't I just thought connection. it was an evil, scary baby. Thought that was a Greek thing. Yeah, just a Greek <laughs> thing. You know, an old Greek thing or maybe a, you know, Nashville in the 80s thing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so apparently, uh, I don't want to mess this up again. I'm going to get another correction. Another correction. Um, we'll be talking about this for weeks. What? Do, 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 do. So did Athena kill Medusa? Mm-mm. Is that the idea? Mm-mm. Okay. No, it was a hero. Um, it wasn't Hercules. It was... I forget his name. He used a- the mirror. Asclepius? No. Okay. No. It's a different one. He had a really rough... He had a mirror shield, essentially, from like the Legend of Zelda. Ooh. That's cool. Um, I think. Uh, anyway, so Medusa did not really die, however. Blood from her body was given to Asclepius, the god of healing. With blood from her left side, he slays, and with blood from her right side, he heals. That's not how blood works. <laughs> nope. Uh, as far as we know, as far as we know, yeah. you know, based on our current medical evidence. Um, I mean, to be fair, we do not have Medusa blood. So Okay, can I say, can I rant on Athena for a second here? Uh. Sure, I... Athena annoys me. She is the goddess of everything. Right. Pick something. 
Like, focus on something here. Really? I feel like she's the goddess of wisdom, I mean, of war, of justice, but she's... of knowledge. Uh, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she wears a lot of hats. But it's just... A lot, lot of fingers in a lot of pots. Is that the same? Like, yeah, I, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> fingers in pots. I don't think fingers so. Fingers in pots. Um, it's just like... I, I had a great one the other day, which was um, for describing a crazy person, mm-hmm. which was he looked like he had gotten off the elevator between floors. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. And yeah. it's, not, it's not a saying. It's just something someone said. Yep. Like they've made it up themselves. Oh man. Um, cool. It was in reference to Michael Jackson. Oh, this is so funny. So did you know that Michael Jackson's, well, the Jackson family are Jehovah's Witnesses? Uh, I don't remember that. So was that, was that, uh, was that part of the Jackson's documentary, like TV movie? I feel like it should have been. Okay. If it's a thing. I don't remember that part. Okay. Um, Huh. But um, Michael Jackson's mother thought it, that despite the fame and everything that they were going through, that it would be really important for them to, you know, stay connected to their religion and mm-hmm. all of this sort of thing. So um, th- they would go, they would still go door to door. Right. Um, and they have like interviews of people who like open the door to a Jehovah's Witness and they're like, it's it's michael jackson <laughs> oh my gosh and he's like uh can i come in and tell you about yes yes come in like, wait so at what point so what like while he was in the jackson five like, uh, like yeah. young i think it was young like the height little of, michael i actually think it went on until he was a little older oh interesting yeah that's funny and so <laughs> people would be like no i'm really i'm really digging the message that you're telling could yeah i mean but do you have it in like a song form <laughs> like <could> you... <laughs> wow like yeah, yeah, that would be that would be quite the experience. And but he would go in like a disguise to try, and, <laughs> so that it's like, oh my god, this is this is just Michael Jackson in a mustache. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, apparently, he kept this up, like um, going out in disguises. Oh yeah. And so this is where the um, the person who said uh, getting off the elevator between floors mm. is because this is a security guard who arrested michael jackson because he looked like a shoplifter oh man. because he was in this like thick disguise <laughs> like trying to hide his face and nice <laughs> seems um, to be a lot of of uh witnessing of jehovah in this area um, i haven't i haven't had any with the um the the roller bags oh, on yes. the bus with oh, the pamphlets that... i believe that's um yeah yeah, Jehovah's Witness. I don't know much about the. Me neither. Me neither. Uh, there is a there's a place down the street that a temple, a church. So I think it's a temple. I would think um, it's a church if it's a Christian thing. It's. I think it's a temple. <laughs> I think it's a temple. Yeah. Uh, I think anyway. maybe we shouldn't. Yeah, this is uh, not our. Not our area, area of, of expertise yeah everything else we talk about is we're we, strictly yeah, experts in we really um, so we should focus we've dedicated a lot of time and effort <laughs> uh, yeah yeah me describing what did i describe i was gonna say lidar but that that's not what it is, what is LIGO. LIGO. Li- LIGO. oh ligo <laughs> yeah we're definitely you're definitely not an expert on lidar 
Light. <laughs> Were you thinking like radar, but for gravi- uh, gravity? Yeah, for gravity. Gravity radar. Right. Lidar. What is lidar? Lidar is gravity light, radar. Light radar. Radar. <laughs> that sounds cool. So close to gaydar. Yeah. Yeah. Lidar. Lidar. Huh. What is that? That's for like the self-driving cars, right? Self-driving cars have LIDAR, I believe. No, I, th- I think so. No, I think you're making that up. Oh, I'm actually right this time. And you think I'm wrong. I do. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not. LIDAR is a thing. LIDAR, LIDAR? is a thing. Uh, the, the camera on top of the cars have LIDAR. And they I mean, can that's see, a camera. But it's LIDAR. <laughs> Why? What is it detecting? Light. That's a camera. I know. <laughs> that's not. But it's called LIDAR. <laughs> Cameras detect light. I know. They, that's not called a LIDAR. Oh, yeah. What makes it LIDAR? No. It's LIDAR. It's LIDAR. So radar shows you, you are, like... You, you are lying about <laughs> LIDAR. Radar shows you... Like, so I imagine like that, you know, the circular screen on radar. Yeah. Right? That's the that's kind of the thing from the sci-fi movies. Where okay. It shows you beep, 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 the things right. that are around you. Right. So LIDAR is the same idea. It's a camera. It is just a camera, maybe. Right. But um, so, but it shows you that same field of vision all around you. So maybe that's why they call it LIDAR. I thought, it's they, like, used, I thought they used like ultrasound. I didn't think you could use... You can't use light uh, to detect how... But why is it called LIDAR then? <laughs> Wait, so you don't think LIDAR is a thing, a word? I No. Okay. No, I'm going to go out. Let's look it up. Yeah. I'm curious now. I wouldn't even know how to spell it. L-I-G-A-R. D-A-R. When I, when I say D, I, I meant T because I don't pronounce my T. <laughs> LIDAR. Yeah. LIDAR is a surveying technology that measures distance by illuminating a target with a laser light. Oh, neat. Although thought by some to be an acronym of light detection and ranging, the term LIDAR was actually created as a portmanteau of light and radar. Duh. <laughs> I, I knew that. <laughs> I knew that part. Well, interesting. So if there's a deer, all right, so you were driving, driving in your self-driving car. So you're not driving. It's driving. <laughs> you're riding in your self-driving car. Yeah. Um, it's using lasers. And, and, there's a, and there's a deer up ahead. Seriously, there's a deer up ahead yeah. coming out of the woods. Yeah. It lights up that deer. With lasers. It with lasers. Deer. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, that deer is, you know, yeah. 300 feet to the right. Right. Uh, right. And <laughs> I get, and, I get the concept. Okay. I'm, I'm helping myself, my own brain here. I'm not trying to explain. <laughs> I know you're like a scientist physics genius. Right. I'm just, I'm just trying to I process just, it for myself. LIDAR seems like a stupid word. Yeah. Um, hmm. Who invented well, it? I'm going to write them no, it strongly makes sense. worded. Like sonar, later. right? Bats have sonar. Right. And they, they reflect sound off of things to to locate i mean so I guess, this is the same concept with i guess it, i just yeah yeah i wonder if we needed a new word for a lidar i guess we do so what's radar it's a laser radar is the same thing but with radio waves radio waves yeah so it's just different spectrum yeah huh hmm. cool i'm satisfied with with lidar now yeah i'm a little upset that i was wrong well Neither of us were right, if that makes you feel better. <laughs> that doesn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, Athena. 
goddess of knowledge. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that's what she's the goddess of. And justice. So now she's going to oh. she's gonna smite us because... I mean, that's just because she knows about we it. We were wrong. I mean, she knows about everything. Yeah. So she seems like... You know, if she's I was going to... God at that point. But, like, I mean, if I was going to ask a Greek god something, yeah, yeah. it would be her. Yeah. She has the experience of war and peace. Anything, and, yeah. Wait, is she also the goddess of peace and war? I think that was one of the things that really... If that is a thing, that's going to really upset me. <laughs> why? I mean, why would you want, like, you know, someone who only specializes in one thing? That's why there's multiple gods in the but Greek I mean, world. Like the, like the god of war. Like, <laughs> if you say, oh, what should I do here? He's going to be like, fucking attack them. That's why you have a whole council. It, there's never going to be a... Well, but he's always going to say, just attack them. And the god of peace is going to be like, why aren't we... Like doing a treaty here. So there's only one goddess who's gonna like look at the situation and say, "It's like okay, this. here are your options." It's like if there was an X Man who could <laughs> shoot people with his eyes. He could create storms. Right. He could uh, throw playing cards at people. Right. Gambit. Yeah. Um, Rogue. What, what did Rogue do? Rogue took other people's powers yeah. by touching them. Okay. And she kept some of them. Hmm. Like she has the white streak in her hair from, I yep. don't know, something. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a little much. It doesn't, like doesn't seem fair. <laughs> I mean, isn't that an important lesson? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, I know um, last week we avoided talking about the things we usually talk about. Uh, did we? Yeah, we decided that we didn't want to become like a one-trick pony. Oh. Just talking about video games and... Uh-huh. I forget what the other thing was. Uh, video games and forgetfulness. Yes. Those are the two things. Now we've just spoken about both. Um, but I did play Firewatch this week. Mm. Um, which I highly recommend for everyone. Yeah, it's, it's, been, um, it's been recommended to me... To me multiple times. In terms of homework as well, uh-huh. it's relatively short. Is it? And okay. has zero replayability. The entire game? Yes. Took me five hours. Okay. Which is <clears throat> two movies. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. That's like an, one extended Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I took it quite slow. Okay. Like... You're trying to... I took to, my time, enjoyed the pace. To let it kind of yeah. flow over your... your yeah. yeah, your mind and your It had this... Um, eyes. I, I don't think this is a... This isn't a spoiler. Mm-hmm. So I feel comfortable talking about this. But it had this great um, mechanic right at the beginning of the game, which quickly got me invested in the story. Yep. Which was um, like... Shh. Spoiler? No, it's not a spoiler. Oh, okay. So most games have uh, like a, a prologue where they'll set up the story in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one has an interactive prologue. Okay. So it like, uh, it's setting up the story, but it gives you a couple of like multiple choice. Like, oh, how did you react in this situation? How did you? Yep. And like <clears throat> that sort of mechanically is very cheap mm. to add to a game. But like the, the amount of investment I immediately had was so much higher hmm. because I'd sort of had some influence onto this main character's backstory right that's cool yeah and then you're also invested 
what, fifteen, twenty dollars. Uh yeah. To buy the game. Yeah. So you're double invested at that point. <laughs> uh I had a, a a listener of the show, um, Tom from Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, is he always listener of the show? Or are these different Toms every time you I mean, bring it up? You know. The names have been kept the same to protect the Oh, we always show. I don't know. Um <laughs> But he mentioned to me that this game actually uses LiDAR. Um, <laughs> okay, not LiDAR, but the uh, the console version for, I believe, PlayStation 4. Um, the controller has like a light beam type thing. Oh, yeah? Um, I mean, I know that. So, or was it Xbox? So on I the, can't remember. So on the PlayStation, there's a... Um, it's sort of like the Wiimote mm-hmm. put into the yes, um, yes. center of the controller. Right. So you can point the controller at the screen. and Yeah, but he, he made it seem like there was an actual beam of light <laughs> coming out. Visible. Well, it's not visible. It's not visible. Okay. Uh, then I, mis- I misunderstood. But this game has some flashlight stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I never used the and flashlight. And he said it acted... The controller could act oh, as the flashlight. Cool. Maybe he just meant like the angle that you point the controller yeah. is directing the flashlight. Um, so it was kind of an additional element if you had the console version. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's in, um, that's in Firewatch. Yes. So I saw a game uh, called... Oh, fuck. What was it called? Uh, anyway, this was like a re-release. It used to... It came out originally on the PSP, but no one bought mm-hmm. that. Right. Um, and so they re-released it on the PS4. And... Uh, that's funny because it's um, that that's a really good use of the that controller functionality because uh, you would like use light to um, affect things in the game. Mm-hmm. So it sort of like fully embraced the fact that you were like this outside outside observer, sort of playing the game, and like you had like it's sort of like well you just say like I'm concentrating on this thing and stuff would happen. Hmm. That's cool. And that was interesting. Neat. Yeah. I haven't heard of many games that use that very well. Mm. Seems sort of like a gimmick. I mean, a gimmick for a game. <laughs> but I, like, at what point are we just like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's true. That's too much. That's just silly and fun. That's just silly and fun. It's supposed to be a game here. <laughs> You're right. I'm. I don't know. Just contributing to. <laughs> yeah, we should be embracing. What are you doing? Oh. So I've decided that the night shift beer is much better than mine. So you just and poured. So I'm combining. Them. Oh, good lord. Maybe this is the right. Well, because I feel like my beer is a little too oaky. Mm. I like it. It also doesn't smell good. That's the yes. Right. Yeah, I've already had. Yeah. Mm. My beer smells... doesn't smell bad. Right. It just doesn't have like an inviting... It didn't have... It doesn't have what you wanted. Yeah, it doesn't have a really inviting... Interesting. ...nose to it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm calling you snobby for talking about games. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, oh, this... Uh, mm. um, you wanted to talk about Scorpion? Oh, Scorpion. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was listening listening to the Tim Ferriss podcast. Okay. 
Are you aware of Tim Ferriss? I am. Okay. Uh, and... The listeners might not be aware of Tim Ferriss. Okay, Tim, Fer- Tim Ferriss um, is a man who I find simultaneously interesting and annoying. <laughs> he... Um, so he became kind of famous with his first best-selling book called uh, four, The Four-Hour Workweek. Yeah, Four-Hour Workweek. In which he tries to... Basically, it's... This is how you can hack your career. <laughs> right. So that you can live on the beach and just kind of like keep your little business going yeah. without a lot of effort. Yep. So it's kind of hacking your 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 career to be very simple and um, give you the option to live your life the way you want to, mm. <laughs> which was kind of the promise, um, which is interesting and whatever. Um, but it was all about kind of hiring. I remember a big part of it was like hiring virtual assistants. Um, maybe I'm not focusing too much on that, but yeah, that was a part of it where you, you would like, um, get your business going, like focus on the things that you're good at, outsource things to virtual assistants who can answer emails or whatever. Yeah. Are experts in that thing. Yeah. And then an expert. Right. And then you pay them, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm getting lost in the weeds, but he is a life hack person in general, I would say. Yep. He's written the four hour chef, um, the four hour something else body. Um, <laughs> so he's just basically, he's just split up his week into Let's four see, hour I, chunks. I cook. Yeah. I work out and I work like yeah. four hours over a week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yep. Yep. But he's all about like extreme intense learning. Yes. Which is the part that I think is most Appeals appealing and interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, where he, he's just like, oh, I can do anything. Like anyone can mm. do anything if they put their mind to it for the most part. Yeah. Which is kind of a cool, like hopeful kind of message. Right. Um, and I think it's generally true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have physical limitations, obviously. Um, people are built differently and whatever, but, but a lot of that is true. Yeah. Anyway, so I was listening to his podcast and he, it's an interview podcast. He has interesting people on who have, um, become extremely successful in various ways. Right. And tries to interview them and figure out how that has happened and what their secrets are, what tips they can give. Yeah. Um, so he had this guy on, um, what's his name? I don't know. Walter. (laughs) No, that's, I don't think that's it. (laughs) He had this guy on. Yeah. Um, who claims to be a computer genius, um, from Ireland, actually. So he, is that surprising? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it shouldn't be. No, I don't think so. But, um, but he did say that like when he was growing up, um, you know, computer, he was like always the smart person yep. in Ireland, like for computers. Right. Like the, the competition was not high there right. at the time Yeah, for, um, being kind of a programmer genius. Um, but so he, he moved to San Francisco and, uh, he's like 40 now or something. Okay. And he was talking about his company, um, Scorpion computer solutions or something. Okay. And how their tagline is like, for any funded need, they uh, do stuff. 
this is they the, will solve your problem. This is like the um the consultancy that will do anything. Kind of, yeah. Like you call them up and you say, I need, you know, exactly to get such and such a thing out of this place and into this place or Right, right. So he's so he's a computer genius. Right. Apparently. And um he hired a lot of uh technical types like him. Right. In the beginning, but then he figured out that, oh, we need the other side of this equation to solve any problem. Right. We need business people. We need charismatic. Yeah. Uh, creative types. We need, we need scientists, biologists. We need. Yeah. Um, um, that's interesting. And then. Um, this sounds like the company from the game. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It does, actually. Like CRS. Yeah. Uh, so he's talking about this. And then, then they started talking about. <laughs> this television show okay he's like oh so tell us about you know scorpion the television show and i was like what and he goes in to say that oh yeah you know it's like one of the biggest shows on television right now huh. um on cbs and um talking about how it's kind of about their consultancy but obviously extremely exaggerated yes about you know these huge grand plans that they set up yep because their client their rich clients need this specific thing whatever right um and then i had this little inkling i was like oh, what what triggered that um he he said something about how you know hollywood of course wanted to take it and have fun with it so we let them do that right right um because our company is interesting but it's not that interesting where it could be a number one hit tv show right uh day to day and so a little pizzazz so he said that and i had this like inkling i was like wait a second i feel like i've heard of this show now um so i googled around for this article that i had read like a year and a half ago or something okay and <laughs> the the title of the article is like um stupid show scorpion <laughs> uh you know, portrays the dumbest hacker scene ever to be known in history <laughs> right. or something. Um, just yeah, really completely, derogatory. yeah, yeah, bashing this show and how stupid it was. And I remember watching the clip too. There's a clip and basically the premise is, so this is the pilot episode of this show, right. the first episode of the show. And the premise of that episode was, um, there's this air traffic control software that has gone wrong in some way <laughs> okay and like all the planes in the world are going to crash uh okay i don't know maybe not that extreme but it, a lot this... of planes are going to crash yep and the only place that has like a backup of the right software is on the planes <laughs> okay okay yeah so <laughs> this is like someone's pushed to master they force pushed <laughs> they're all the code is gone. <laughs> Makes no sense. Um, so all the software is on this plane okay. in the black box. I don't know where it is. But <laughs> they decide that the only way they can get the software off the plane, they can't do it wirelessly or through satellites or anything, Right, is for someone to like get in a car and <laughs> drive really fast underneath a low-flying plane <laughs> and literally <laughs> use an Ethernet cable... <laughs> To hook it up to the plane. Oh, man. 
This is happening in the pilot episode this of this show. This can't happen. How fast must the car be going? I, I don't know. That's not I possible. It, it, That's so stupid. So I went from being like oh, this super is... interested in this guy because he's, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, I just let... competed in all these um, super high pressure like programming challenges and yeah. won everything and um i'm a super genius of an i he, he oh yeah he's an iq of 198 right. or something yeah like claiming to be yeah so that's what this is that was the point when i like started googling him yeah and i was like came up on a lot of things that are like oh yeah man claims his iq is 198 <laughs> and claims he is a computer genius yeah turns out like there's a lot of skeptics um who are programming nerds who are like right yeah, I'm not sure this guy's legit. Like, he might just be pull, right. pulling all of our legs. I mean, also, like, Hollywood <clears> is <throat> famous for just fucking things up. Yeah. But, yes. You know, because they are <laughs> right. catering to what they think is the lowest common denominator. Yeah, that, that is the I, other part, is that this is a CBS show. It's right. not an AMC masterpiece television but, thing or, like, yeah. HBO or, you know, whatever. I also, I also think that... Um, these shows they don't give enough credit to their audiences. <laughs> I think, yeah, I I honestly do believe in. Like, you should assume that your audience is not stupid. Oh boy, um, regardless <laughs> of you know individuals or how people behave. I don't try not to get political again, but right. this makes me want to. So, so on okay. CBS. Okay. So this, so we, on CBS, you know, maybe they'll show a presidential debate where certain people will assume that the audience is stupid. Right. And use these very basic tactics to try to win the presidential nomination. But if you, if you treat people as if they're stupid, they'll behave that way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I think, I, I honestly do think that if we didn't treat people... You want people to rise up to your to the level that I, you expect of them, like a, like a teacher would, really. Right. And I a think teacher that, in a classroom, you know, well, has a certain standard and I mean, students, you know, rise to the challenge. Right. That sounds totally patronizing. Which one? Oh. Like, taking that, like... Um, teacher? Teacher thing. role. Like, as if everyone in society is a student and doesn't know any better. I think people do genuinely know better. <laughs> I thought they did. Look, I, you know, I'll, ad I'll admit I've met uh, lots of people who have behaved poorly. Yeah. But I don't think that's justification for treating people as if they should behave poorly. Yeah. No, I don't think it is either. I'm just, I've... Yeah, become so, a little demoralized. This really, this really annoys months. me. Um, my wife and I watched Interstellar. Yeah, this is. I really like that one. Is this the one? This is the one with the um, McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey. Or are you? Oh no, you're thinking of uh, thinking, Inception. No, no, no. I'm thinking no? of Matt Damon. Oh, Mars, The Martian. The Martian. Yep. Um, so we watched this recently. Um, yep. And there was a scene. <laughs> that particularly annoyed me. Okay. Um, this is something... I. This isn't really a spoiler. Okay. So there is a scene which involves doing a calculation on some supercomputers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, so it's just like this room with racks of servers 
that are basically for working out complex physics models. Right. And there's this scene with a guy oh. sitting there <laughs> with his laptop plugged in yeah. via an Ethernet cable. Uh-huh. And that is just totally misrepresentative of how people interact with supercomputers. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, during my... Uh, what, like it should be like a dumb terminal type thing? Is that what you're... You, you literally do it from, like, uh, I would submit jobs to Hector, which is Europe, at the time was Europe's biggest supercomputer. I don't know if it still is. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I do do it from my dorm room mm-hmm. or from um, campus. Like, it's fucking, I don't even know where it is. Okay. Somewhere in Europe. Yeah, yeah. And you'd just, like, submit a job and it would tell you when it's finished. You'd request a right. certain number of cores and, you know, it would say... So it's in the cloud is yeah. kind of what you're implying. Is exactly. It's, it's it's not a physical thing that you plug into. But this was at NASA, though. So maybe that's just a thing that they have. No, I don't think it is. That would be ridiculous. That would be such a fucking waste of time if you had to walk to uh, wherever these things are hosted. Yeah. Because this the movie is set and in sit the present, there. right? And not only that, but it, like... Or in, even in the future, near future. He's sitting there and he's got this fucking stupid screen. Yeah. And it says... Um, you know, it just comes up with, like, this alert pop-up. Like, calculations correct. Like, what does that even fucking mean? Like, you've submitted a job and you already know what the answer is? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> no. No, that is stupid. It okay. treats people as if they're stupid. I have been watching a show that, um, that I feel like has done pretty good on this front. Okay. Right, kind of the antithetical to the silly movie screen, like computer screen with the little silly dialogues and good job on your thing or three D. You're looking at the three D model of the thing to run a program. I don't know. Yeah. Um, But uh, so it's called Halt. Okay. Very careful with the T here. Halt (laughs) and catch fire. Halt and catch fire. Okay. With an O or an A? Uh, with an A. With an A. Halt. Am I saying halt. that wrong? Halt. <laughs> halt and catch fire. Okay. <laughs> My God. So paranoid. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's on AMC and um, it's... I would, I would describe it as historical fiction. Okay. Set in 1983 or 4. Okay. Um, in the time when the PC is like on its way. Yeah. Right. You have Apple, you have IBM, you have IBM compatible machines. Oh, look at your shirt. That's great. Um, so Matt's shirt, uh, is, says the history of the personal computer. Mac portal, uh, Mac portable 1989. No, early in that 83, 84. So Apple Lisa, Sinclair, Commodore Commodore 64. Yep. That kind of era. Commodore 64. Um, so I don't think the Mac is out yet at this time of the show. Okay. Um, but it's historical fiction because it's it's following um, a, a fledgling company who is trying to transition to create personal computers and compete with Apple and IBM. Okay. Um, and beat them to an affordable, compact kind of machine that... Right. 
the everyday home can use. Okay. But it's also faster than theirs and whatever. Yeah. Um, basically trying to be, it's kind of the, um, the quintessential like startup because they, they pit themselves against IBM a lot, which is right. this huge, big yeah. blue, you know, huge monolithic corporation. And they're just trying to like be really scrappy and hire these geniuses to, to beat them right. to this, in this game. Um, it's a really good show. Yeah. And, uh, the technology, I think actually, uh, a, uh, listener, Justin from Massachusetts, Ooh. uh, recommended this to me. And, uh, we have so many listeners that are just, I know, reaching out to us out of the blue. It's good. And, <laughs> and, um, it's a great show. They do the te- technology really well, like mm. in general, um, because they're creating, they kind of have to, because there isn't much graphical, right. Um, interfaces yeah at this point especially at the personal computer level is it based on a like true so company i don't think so okay um yeah so i say it's historical fiction because they're a fake right company but they refer to real companies like ibm and right, apple okay. so they're just sort of like know, an alternate timeline kind, kind of, of yeah, yeah 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 um so it's pretty clever because you still get the feeling that you're in that time kind of like a madman yeah thing um how many episodes have you watched i think four or five okay is it on netflix the yeah the first season at okay. least is on netflix halt and catch fire halt and catch fire i'll check it out um yeah it's really good mm. it's really good i like it a lot recommended um there's some they're doing a lot of like you know shortcuts yeah in the bios code and stuff to try and make the make it faster yeah than the competitor and um which are pretty good like you know like i don't know a whole lot about hardware right which maybe if i did then i would be more annoyed but it sounds pretty good yeah <laughs> i'm like oh they're, they've that, done their research which that, is cool that's actually one of the things um i think most people take for granted is when you're an expert in a field mm-hmm. every article you read about that field you're like well they're <laughs> totally <laughs> fucking missing the point yeah 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 like yep they don't know this they're not talking about this what <laughs> what this is total nonsense but then you right. read an article in another field and you're like yeah this sounds completely reasonable and i'm sure that i'm sure they've done that market research too like the tv shows are like right. okay this is going to annoy you know five percent or like really one percent <laughs> or less of the population right so who cares especially at the cbs level they're yeah. like you know what everyone who loves Big Bang Theory is going to love this. Right. Whatever. I don't know. It is interesting. Um, like on a bunch of, like on Interstellar, they had um, sort of resident scientists. I don't know if I've spoken about this before. Or The Martian? Um, they could have on The Martian, but I know for a fact okay. uh, Interstellar We're... did. Okay. Um, oh, I, yes, 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 yes. Because I heard him on a podcast talking about it. That was so cool. Right. So Interstellar, the the science that they did for the movie resulted in actual new scientific discoveries yes yeah which is it's amazing it's so cool the the guy who um was i suppose head of special effects yeah co-authored a paper yeah with um a physicist um you know talking about the simulations that they did so they actually took like um einstein's equations fully modeled like a black hole and what you would see as you entered one so in the film like he goes over the event horizon Mm -hmm. and they've like 
you know, once he gets inside, the rest of it is all completely theoretical. The rainbows and the... Yeah, that's I really... I think it's less theoretical and more, like, just cool, <laughs> yeah. cool looking. But, yeah. Um, but, like, that that whole, like, going across the event horizon and what, would you, what you would see, like, that all got published. Yeah. I was like, this is actually, to the best of our knowledge, what would happen and what you would see. Yeah. It's really neat. Um, which is very cool. I like And the, the guy who co-authored it, um, this head of special effects, has a master's degree in, like, pottery or something. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, this is fucking insane. I've now, like, so co-authored cool. a, like, really high-level physics paper. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. I like that um, out of Hollywood, out of this really, like, wealthy, booming industry. Right. Um Compared to NASA, which has been defunded right. multiple times and is kind of sad. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Not sad, but well, like it's sad on how it's become defunded compared right. to the space race and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to see this economy pushing, kind yeah. of accidentally pushing scientific discoveries forward when maybe the, the government can't focus as much as they right wanted to or used to you know it's like that red hot chili peppers lyric from californication um you know space is the final frontier but it's made in a hollywood basement nice nice yeah they fucking predicted this a long time ago is that the name of the is that the abstract in the paper (laughs) (laughs) that's cool yeah um although there there might be a we're sort of ramping up towards maybe another space race to get the first manned team on mars you think so i think so there is a lot of talk about it and a lot of sort of china is ramping up funding for it and how far do you think um do you you think the private space companies will be in that race too like elon musk's spacex or i hope so yeah i feel like that i I want to see it happen right i want elon to to want it I'm sure he wants it. But <laughs> yeah, like, he, I'm pretty sure he wants it. Yeah, I want him to go for it. Yeah. Um, it makes me nervous that we're only on one planet. <laughs> yeah. Like, mass extinction is, like, non-zero probability. Right. But, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a long time away to the point where, even if we get onto another planet... Yeah. Being able to survive there if the other planet gets wiped out is a whole other thing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, the Martian. Okay, like, all right, he's a he's a uh, yeah, Ca- can do attitude. Not a not a biologist, but a uh, botanist. Yeah, right. That was lucky. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> you know. I mean, how... it was also fiction. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's wow. That's a good movie. I mean, that I didn't think it was fiction. No. <laughs> that's that's the other thing is actually. Um... Like, a, a lot of people don't realize, you know, how little of space we've explored mm. because of films like The Martian and right. popular fiction. And but now like we're getting gravitational waves so we can hear... <laughs> I mean, honestly, we've always been getting gravitational waves. <laughs> so we can now detect them. Going back to, like, being annoyed because you know stuff about a certain field. Oh, yes. Um, oh! Uh, sorry. Gravitational about... field... What? the? I'm about to... This is another thing that fucking makes me so angry is when people get on planes to travel somewhere to tell someone something in person. <laughs> it's fucking maddening. Like, uh, like, why when scientists turn up and say, oh, we've made this incredible discovery that this is happening. Oh my God, we need to do this. The other person doesn't go, you know, you could have sent me an email 24 hours ago. 
<laughs> I could have fucking started doing something. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. That makes me so mad. Um. Oh, gravitational waves, how we can hear them. Right. I mean, that's a weird... That... It's an analogy. Right. I mean, they have the... Like, oh, sound they turn it into a sound wave, yeah. And... I don't know. It's neat to hear it, but it's like... Right. I don't think people realize... Enough people realize that that is just a kind of a silly mapping of that thing right. into the sonic frequency range. Yeah. It's like, like on, it's, the, on the one hand, it's know. not like... It's not like a great representation of what's happening. But at the same time, you have to bring things... Uh, into a model you can relate to. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, another one is like big numbers with completely incapable of understanding. Um, and a good thing is giving a, ment- a metaphor for it. Um, a good example is uh, like um, a million seconds is something like a couple of days in mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. But a billion seconds is like 37 years. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you hear it compared in time and you think fuck that is a huge difference yeah we can feel that because we've lived years and we live seconds like we have experienced those things yeah but when you know when someone says okay the the u.s has a billion dollar debt trillion dollar debts like what does that (laughs) even fucking mean that's a good point um i think because i've only had billions i've never had trillions yet so (laughs) we're all billionaires Um, but like the, the trillion dollar debt, a good way to bring that back to something you can imagine is, um, I think, I think the U S debt sort of comes down to something like, um, $24,000 of debt per person. Mm -hmm. Wow. And like we're, we're, you know, those really big numbers fucking like the difference between a million and a trillion, a billion and a trillion. Yep. No idea. Right. But when we break it down. Yeah. Either into a different scale or or break it down per person or per whatever. Right. And it, it's, the same, it's the same it's the same with it's the same thing with the gravitational waves. When you say like, okay, well, you know, space has been shortened in one dimension and lengthened in another. <laughs> yeah. Like okay. Yeah. I'll take your But what am I listening it. to? Like what is the metaphor there? Like what am I hearing? I'm hearing the bending right. of so, space time. So the idea is that space time um you, you measure that, um, there's like a finite amplitude in the change in, um, in space. So space has stretched and then, um, come back. So you have like a right. wave form and they've turned that wave form into. So it's, 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 uh, sound amplitude is the, the different space spatial dimension. Right. And the, uh, is, is, is the it diff- X axis is time. Right. So it's space being stretched over time. And that's what we're listening to. Right. Um, and then is that mapped? Did they like mess with the frequency of that? Or is it, or is that the actual frequency that we're hearing? So I'd have to look into it. Yeah. I imagine it's not. Right. I, I imagine, imagine they, I imagine they, they mapped it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. But it's a good, it's a good metaphor because it's close. Like... It's close to something relatable. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if people think about amplitude and... Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Like, I, I almost feel like a, a graphic would have been better. It's just like, okay, yeah, it bounces, right? Right. It's just like, oh, it's a wave. Uh, but, but like thing, hearing that yeah. doesn't map. I mean, People but, don't think about what they're hearing but, in the wave form I I mean, in all, general, I think. Also, like sound um, isn't a direct mapping. Like when you see a sound wave, that's not actually a direct mapping because what you, to what you experience, right. because there's like direction is not taken into account Right. Which is the same with gravitational waves. But people are very used to seeing um, waveforms. Mm-hmm. Like if you use any like sort of uh, music player that shows a waveform. Right. You're used to that analogy. Yes. Yeah. And so that's an easy one to like, okay, actually there is a fair mental leap to understanding um, gravitational waves. Mm-hmm. But if we can bring that to something that you experience every day. Yeah. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. that's a lot easier. I guess. Something that blows my mind about um, the whole uh, Einstein's theory of space-time mm-hmm. is... Um, so it basically gets rid of gravity as a force. So gravity is not a force. Everything is traveling in straight lines. But space-time is curved. Right? So... <laughs> right. So when you have... I don't know. When you have a mass like the Earth mm-hmm. or the Sun... That's big enough that it has curved space-time in such a way that a straight line has become a circle. So a great analogy is that, um, like, say we both start on the equator at different so points. Now my mind is trying to, like, unwrap these things, right? right. Unwrap the orbit into a... Okay. So, so, again, let's go to a metaphor. Mm-hmm. So let's say we both start on the equator of the Earth mm-hmm. and we walk parallel to each other. Uh, how do we walk parallel we, both on the equator? We go directly to north. Oh, okay. Parallel on that. Okay. Yeah. Got Ev- it. Eventually we will meet at the North Pole. Right. And so as an outside observer... You... Unless we're parallel... <sighs> we're sort of traveling in a straight line, but around a curved surface. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because it's in our mind, like from our perspective, we think we're going parallel, but we're actually converging. Exactly. And so on the North Pole. So an outside observer might assume oh, that there is just a, because it's such a long distance. Right. It's like a perception issue. Right. So an outside observer might assume that there's like an attractive force between us. Huh. Like we're walking in straight lines and yet we meet at the same point. Whoa. And so we're obvious and so this is like the the classic analogy for explaining the curvature of space-time. Hmm. It's like the Earth is actually traveling in a straight line, hmm. but that straight line curves round on itself. Yeah. There is no force. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Um, yeah. Oh, but that's, so that's, that's the other thing that, that's mind blowing is like, why do we stick to the Earth then? Mm. If there is no gravitational force. And the answer is that all of the Earth is expanding out mm-hmm. due to the curvature of space-time, but its volume never changes. Which sounds ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a little lost again. Yeah. I had a... Um, a um, this is so weird. What do you call that? Classmate. <laughs> I was like, well, I kept wanting to say co-worker, co I'm like, I haven't been in school in a while. <laughs> Cla- classmate. Classmate. Yeah. In high school, 
and he was kind of ahead of all of us in his physics mind. Okay. And he, I remember him saying things like, um, yeah, I'm working on, you know, trying to disprove gravity and uh-huh. just giving him a look like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. 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 At one point he was asking for, um, for spare cathode ray tubes from television, old, like broken televisions. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this guy's kind of cool. Like, yeah. This kid's cool. I, I don't know what he's up to, but I like it. I remember, I remember reading about a high school student trying to build a fusion reactor in his garage. Hmm. Where was that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to yeah. have to look it up. That's funny. Um, uh, so that reminds me, when you were talking about walking in parallel on the Earth right. to the North and Pole. and meeting at the same point. And meeting at the same point. That reminds me of a um, per, a purported uh, Microsoft interview question mm. that I heard. Okay. That I've said I've uh, tried to brain tease a lot of people with. Yeah. It's kind of fun. So maybe I can I can offer up the brain teaser. Okay. You can think about it if you haven't heard it. Okay. And the listeners can think about it, and we can talk about on the next episode, we can talk about uh, potential solutions. Yeah. Yeah? Sounds good. Kind of fun, And then I'll read the terms and conditions. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So, let me me formulate this correctly. How many places, um, and describe where, describe the places on the earth, if any... (laughs) (laughs) Um, sorry, disclaimers. Describe the places on the earth where you can, um, any second now. Yeah. Hold on. Yep. Okay. Where you can walk one mile south, then one mile west, then one mile north. And end up exactly where you started. Okay. No spoilers. Okay. Um, I'll let you know. Do you, so. I yeah. mean, I already know what the answer is going to hint towards, but I need to actually look at look up. Cool. Like the curvature of the Earth and things like that. Cool. I was really disappointed last time I brought this up because the person I. Uh, offered it to immediately answered yeah okay no it's obvious there's only two places (laughs) cool uh (laughs) this is where i feel dumb uh because i didn't get it and i had to ask the person who asked me okay we'll Uh, talk about it next week but i think it's a fun one cool uh listening to hunchpig may cause nausea uh feelings of elation and um i don't know anything else let us know what it causes Thanks for listening. Next sponsorship is $5.